0: What's going on, everybody? This is Jerome Moore, host and creator of Deep Disc Conversations. And firstly, I want to say thank you for all of and support and thank you for exploring the perspectives of social change with me on this platform. I want to encourage you all to like, subscribe, and follow us on YouTube and on your favorite podcast listening platform. And make sure you give us a five-star rating if you're loving the Deep Dish Conversations. I appreciate all of the support again. I hope you all enjoy this episode. This is Deep Dish Conversations, a series in which I, Jerome Moore, Sits down with prominent figures in Nashville, Tennessee, to talk about social issues over amazing deep dish pizza. Deep Dish Conversations models how to have conversations about deep issues around racism, housing, policing, poverty, and more. Plus, you will get an idea for where to get your next slice of pizza from. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy Deep Dish Conversations. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Deep Dish Conversations, and today we have representatives from Safer Schools Nashville. We have marcus try to lock it that is hyphenated it is. and we have it <laughs> and we have emma Cro- crown over i almost said crossover because i'm thinking of basketball <laughs> but it's emma crown over all right Ooh. interesting last name I spoke with them, uh, but i'm only going to be referring to by their first names <laughs> too many names um welcome man i appreciate y'all for, for being here, to be here. Yeah. So how sweet. y'all how y'all been we're good good
1: uh, yeah, I just graduated school, so I'm back in Nashville. This, oh wow! I'm Welcome to adulting. Yeah, I'm adjusting to this very different city <laughs> from when I left it, but uh, I'm good. I'm doing well. How
0: about you? How's, I'm how's, good.
2: How's... No, I'm enjoying the summer. I got school starting in August. Um, yeah, it's been it's been good.
0: That's good. Yeah, I just been uh, just working, you know, <laughs> 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 just doing this. Yeah. But uh, what's funny is that. We've been in communication through this whole pandemic, like, yeah. like really working on like real like community stuff, especially in schools. And this is my first time. This is our first time seeing each other in person.
1: And mm-hmm. it's really- I walked it's, in and give you a big old hug. I'm like, this man doesn't really know me. Like <laughs> he knows me, but he's never- No, no it's, really it's even me. weird though.
0: I mentioned it to Emma. I was like, yeah, this is like my first time ever seeing you. And I I went to the bathroom. I thought, I said, this is my first time seeing Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> like I've seen this black man before. Yeah, literally. <laughs> But um, let's get straight into it because I, I, you all are a new organization, yep. fairly new. They have done a lot of, like made up a lot of ground in uh, I think a shorter mm-hmm. amount of time for what I know working with you all personally. So um, this breakdown, who safer schools, Nashville is, your mission and purpose, and then we can get into like some some meaty, like possibly controversial things that you all are trying to advocate for in the only, city of Nashville. possibly. Yeah, just possibly. possibly. Just, you know, mm-hmm. things to, uh, that you all want to advocate for in Nashville.
1: Yeah. um, I was, you joined, I guess, in that first initial group before me. Um, But uh, it's pretty much all been listed by kind of the trauma of 2020. That was a weird, I think, bad year for all of us. Um, And I, you know, was in college in California. I wasn't here. Uh, I think you were were you here at this point, at that point? Mm-hmm. You were here at that point. Um, but after George Floyd, there was a large call. We're all ex-MNPS students, so all of us went to human Fog. Um, we were in the same grade at Hume Fog. A lot of the kids other kids we work with, I can say kids, adults we work with, were also grades above us, we're around the same grade as Hume Fog. Um and there was a kind of a call to action after George Floyd. Um and it was a weird, kind of uncomfortable conversation about we don't like what our country looks like, we don't like what the world around us looks like, what can we do as people who care to change that? Um, And that was the beginnings of what's now been a year and a half, uh, which blows my mind, safer schools. Uh, So our kind of, we stole FUBU's slogan, uh, for students, by students. Uh, our idea was as ex-students um, in an MNPS, how can we advocate um, for the social, or, I guess, social-emotional well-being and mental you know, well-being of students uh, work towards advocating for what their needs are during the pandemic, and the biggest thing is how do we approach discipline, discipline within metro schools in a way that is best for students, um, including moving SROs from schools, including reallocating money towards uh, more uh, beneficial programs for students within schools, and kind of having for perspective of saying, these kids, you know, spend their entire lives in m before college right. and they have no say in anything involved. Um, so how as an organization could we, I guess, give back in some way for the people we think were most vulnerable within, I guess, schools during what we saw was really tumultuous time in this country. Um, and students, you know, there's that cliché phrase, are the future, but they can't be anything if they have no voice. Right. Right? So that's kind of where we came from, that's what we're about. And we've been on that for—I don't think any of us expected—a year and a half now.
0: I'm—I'm curious, like, like, and I'll talk with you, Emma. What made you want to get involved? Because, like, hell, when I was in high school, you know, the last thing I was thinking about was like, really social justice issues. Like, I'm like, just give me less homework, <laughs> and I'd be fine. Um, you can come on out here, all. Yeah, you bring it out. Um, and so I'm curious to kind of know. Uh, Like, your individual kind of takes on, like, what made you want to be a part of Mm -hmm. Safe Schools National and be a part of that movement? Why was it important to you as Mm. an individual Mm. and then come together with a collective of like-minded people?
2: I mean, I think that it is important to note that, like, we aren't in high school anymore, right? We have, COVID gave us this free time and gave us... and the movement of George Floyd and everything that happened after that gave us this momentum, Um, but it is rooted in our high school experience and our education in Nashville. We all grew up in Nashville, we all went to MNPS schools our whole lives, but the really unique thing about going to a school downtown is that it's not a zone school. So we came from all over Nashville and we come from very different perspectives, but we are all noticing the same problem. And I think something like the moment that it happened for me was when, I think I was talking to Kosar, and we were talking about how other cities are like having these movements where they're getting cops out of schools and they get to go to public schools that don't have police in them. Right. Whether or not having a cop has been specifically like harmful to someone, but just neutrally having that be something that our city is investing in. And I think we just had this moment where we were like, we don't, like we we deserve to, to have that too. Mm-hmm. And our city deserves to have that too. And like, right. if we got to go to school and, and having these other professionals right. there, and, and like with the actual tools to help our students, right. that's something that like we want to advocate for, for the people that come after us.
0: How about you, Marcus? And let me let me yeah let me go back. They are well, a graduate yeah. <laughs> and still a junior uh, in college, so safer schools. They wasn't in high school. You was they all finished with exactly. high school. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, I don't know that yeah, I would have yeah. had
2: the time in high school. Like, <laughs> no,
0: let <laughs> me let me recant that. They're not in high school. These are you know they didn't just skip to college that quick. They're not in high school. <laughs> um, but before we carry on, we got this piece out here, and I want you all to enjoy. So look, I usually get this. We all got the same thing: Spanish margarita. Okay. Uh, that has a thin crust, and they have the deep dish. Uh, you can have a little bit of everything. Uh, I do the thin quest because I'm trying to get thinner, you know. Yeah. Try to just came from a workout, and so uh, let's partake, and then we can continue. So you know.
1: that has been something rewarding about our work because we've done a lot of uh, workshops and uh, just kind of interactions with not only student organizations but like students within actual schools, mm-hmm. and I, they make me feel bad about myself in high school, man. They're very put together, They're so intelligent, so thought out about a lot of these things, mm-hmm. um, and you know me, I. <laughs> I, would, I was going home playing Xbox every day. So things have changed, I think, a little He's bit. He's still but, going home yeah. and playing Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no it's huge difference. But <laughs> it blows my mind some of the conversations we've had with students because you know yeah. they have opinions on right. these things, and I, you know. I
2: mean, yeah, they're they're experts. They're the experts, and I think that's something that we forget is that like experts on schools are the students. Right. Yeah.
0: And, and that's like and that's awesome. And I, like the awesome thing about say the schools is that y'all are actually. Like giving the people that are being affected the most of the voices, right, and not letting us other adults and people who are not in high school anymore—like try to figure out what what they done, right? And that's, in, in, mm-hmm. I guess, in organizing work in general, mm-hmm. that can happen if you're not careful, right? Making decisions for communities that you're not a part of, not a, not a, not affected in the same way, or mm-hmm. not including in the work that you're trying to like find solutions for mm-hmm. or problems you're trying to find solutions for in the work, and so. That's why I want to have you, you all really on here because what have the students been saying about like some of the things that they are facing in, in, in like in our MNPS schools?
1: Yeah, schools? I think the biggest thing I noticed on um, something that I think was exasperated by COVID very, in a very, very negative way is support. Um, I think the idea we try to explain to people in these conversations uh, when we talk about having the records and number of like nurses or school counselors, or psychologists, or having you know someone who could replace an officer to deal with you know social emotional well-being and things like that is. Uh, we have a question we used to ask in workshops with students. It's like, who is your biggest like kind of network of support at your school? Mm-hmm. And the answer was always one of two things: a teacher or a coach. And that's awesome. You know, that, that relationship, you know, I've had relationships like that when I was in school. They were life changing for me. They're important. Um, but what would be interesting about that is you could have in one meeting, three or four kids. Um, say the same teacher's name, mm-hmm. which then, to me in my mind, spirals to okay. There's about I don't know, eight hundred kids in that school, nine hundred mm-hmm. kids in that school. So how many more after those three or four kids are saying her name? Right. Um, and that's been something where it seems pretty straightforward that we want our kids to be supported and kind of uplifted in the best way possible in their school because right. that's the place of learning, a place where they're supposed to kind of be cultivating their futures. You know, through not only just education but kind of building themselves as people. Um, And we don't seem to have any push at all to do that. Um, And that's been something that's been brought up a a bunch of times is uh, during COVID especially, we had meetings with Mayor's Youth Council, which is an organization of students who like kind of uh, interact with the mayor. Um, We had uh, conversations with students at kind of certain schools that are considered to be kind of those um, uh, I guess more problematic, which I hate to use that term because I, I think that's the wrong way to associate it. But just based on how MNPS categorizes more problematic schools when it comes to discipline, and the biggest thing was I have no one to talk to when I'm in trouble. I have no mm-hmm. one to, mm-hmm. to do, um, to have a conversation with when I need help with college. I have no mm-hmm. one, or I have a teacher who will talk to me or help me, and there's 25 other students in her classroom at the same time at lunch because mm-hmm. who else are they gonna talk to too? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just something I think is wholly unfortunate mm-hmm. um, and I think even worse normalized. Right. Um, I think we, we bring up having the normal amount of nurses, psychologists, and uh, school counselors, and I think people kind of scoff at that because like yeah we're close and i'm like oh that's not enough
0: <laughs> right. right what is what is what is enough like what is that ratio i think i know but I, like is it like one to
2: 250 it's yeah it's 250 like the, to, 50 to, to one. one okay but that's
0: like the, the of yeah right that
2: is like you're pushing it right and i think right now we're at 350 okay. to one in right. mnps so like 250 is the very maximum. But could you imagine being a school counselor and you have 250 or, students? That you got
0: to try to counsel and like, with all sorts of different like problems
1: in a unique way. Yeah. I mean, we've been in meetings where, especially when I was still uh, in college. I mean, that was not that long ago. I shouldn't say it like that. <laughs>
0: last month. <laughs> yeah, yeah, last month, last month yeah. I was
1: still in college. But no, I've, we've had meetings where Kids have stayed after Zoom workshops to be like, So you're in college, like, what, what was your entrance exam like? How did you get, like, because I was in California and people were always like, Oh, how did you get all the way out there? This and, right. this and that. And I'm like, Do you not have anyone else to ask about this? And they're, yeah. they're, they literally do not. Well, they're and sitting I think, there talking to me for 20 minutes because, Oh, right. like, I my counselor's like, I couldn't meet with her, so I have this question about this. You right. may know something about this.
2: And going even, like, onto the when you ask students, like, what keeps them safe and, like, what does support look like for students? I think something that we get wrong about trauma is that the difference between what makes something like we have all probably been through something an event that would be considered trauma whether that's loss or grief or some sort of harm but the difference between whether trauma lives in your body especially as a young person is not what happened but rather who is there for you after it happened. so that is what makes a difference between, like that affects the way you do in school. Like right. you can't learn if you don't have anyone to support you through something. Right. And right. I think that is the biggest thing that we've heard from students. And then more importantly, when we ask them what keeps them safe, not a single time has a student said, the cop, the SRO, the security
0: officer. And in, in, in the SRO is that school resource officer, yeah. which is a police officer. Um, but nope, with a gun, just, right? With
2: cuffs, right? With arresting powers, right.
0: And so, this is a hot topic here, right? This, <laughs> this is the topic here. Um, but before we get into that, I'm interested in knowing what is our school board doing or not doing? Uh, you know, Metro, you know, Board of Education. Uh, what are their takes? Uh, for those who may not be aware. I um, mean, what should they be doing?
1: Well, I'll do my... Because the same schools have research. Yeah, I'll, I'll give my politician's disclaimer <laughs> at, at the outset just to kind of save my own ass, but it, COVID has complicated things a lot. I, I think we understand that. I think there's a lot of good things that happened um, in this past budget cycle that improved things. SEL wasn't fully funded, which we can, we'll talk about in a second. But it was funded, I think what the What is SEL? Social emotional, oh. yeah. Social emotional learning uh, was not fully funded. Um, but it's one of, I think, the highest one it's been in, I think, ever. Mm-hmm. Um, teachers got a pay raise. Um, mm-hmm. There was an increase in the investment for teachers, especially for veteran teachers. I think they got an even higher pay raise um, than new teachers. Um, and there was commitment by the mayor and um, the council, with support from the school board, about having continued um, influx of funding for schooling over the next, like, two budget cycles. Those are two big, important initiatives. Now, that being said, that is a Band-Aid on a gunshot wound, um, right. and that's something that I think where we have had an issue is it's been a big pass-the-butt contest. Uh, we started out with the school board, um, and they said, hey, we love what you guys are trying to do. This is great. Work on, work on this. You guys are going to go far with this. Go talk to you know, the council. And right. go to the council. The council says, Oh, this is great. This is awesome. <laughs> the mayor has discretion over the budget. Go talk to the mayor. Uh, then that was also coping with, Oh, the police also, you know, they have discretion because they're officers. Go talk to the police. That was three, four, five meetings. That was another three, four, five meetings. Um, they love meetings. We, yeah, yeah, we were back to the council. Love they were like, Oh, yeah, this, you know, people are interested. These people are interested. I mean, there was even, I think, before, and you might know, you were there, so you might know better about this, but before the budget was passed, there was a bill introduced. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'll let you speak on that because I don't remember the exact details of the, bull, the bill specifically, but I think it was introduced as um, reallocating funding from SRS. Yeah. You know, if I remember so correctly.
2: A, during the budget like process, there was a last minute amendment introduced. So it was actually a little bit too late and that might have had something to do with it, but also it didn't pass. It was specifically what we're asking for. So reallocating the 6.8 million dollars that it pays for SROs directly to MNPS, right. and the council did not vote on it. And a lot of their issues were, oh, have we talked to the school board? How
1: have we talked talk to, to the how school we, board? Have we talked to the school board? Has anyone talked to the school board about this? Have we talked to
2: the school? Have we? Yeah, it's like this crazy. They just send. They just send us in circles. Um, and I think that's something that we've learned in the last year is that...
1: So, so I guess to, like, encapsulate all that, the biggest <laughs> issue we see with... They're the not doing anything. People, no. <laughs> well,
2: they, don't want, they just are well, dragging their feet. That,
1: yeah, well, beyond that, I think, is no one wants to take that stance of being the person who's pushed that movement forward of getting rid of SROs. And I think beyond that, we always try to explain to people, it's not so just... You, Unifaceted of an issue where it's just getting rid of SROs. Yeah. There is a multitude of research and things involved going beyond that into yeah. it's not only just getting rid of them, it's replacing them with the right kind of tools. Yeah. It's right. the idea of reallocating funding in specific ways, right. it's the idea of having a specific investment in mental uh, well being, mental health mm-hmm. like, uh, well being in schools and programs uh, to deal with that. And that's something that's not even just as simple as because to remove cops. There's ideas. Uh, We talked about students. One of the ideas from students, this is from people in the mayor's youth council, was what if we had a mental health center in the middle of downtown? Any student could have a key card to get into. There would be counselors there that any student could show up whenever they wanted to. I'm not saying that that's something that's going to happen or has to happen. That's just a student said that in a meeting with the mayor. I've heard nothing about it since. So there's things Mm -hmm. where I think Mm -hmm. what frustrates us is there is a political calculation of what is the you know? What is the worst if I do this? What is the worst if I do nothing? And I think people keep skewing towards that latter answer of do nothing. Yeah, I could do nothing and still kind of get away with this not being a huge issue for me.
0: And so internally, because you know, we we, we, we know how politics can be can high can I, how it goes. We learn really very quickly. We learn really quickly. <laughs> go talk to this person. Go talk to that person. Go on this meeting. Go in that meeting. Oh, not this year. Maybe next year. Maybe not this budget, but next budget. And that be, becomes, like, an habitual, like, thing, right? Mm-hmm. So internally, what can safer schools do, I guess, to be kind of more radical or, like, more aggressive? Because, like, a lot of times you see the writing on the wall, maybe want to ignore it, like, ah, and be kind of hopeful, right? But, like, sometimes, like, your first initial kind of feeling and what you see is kind of like, this is, this is how it's gonna be unless we kind of maybe push the envelope a little further or do something more um, radical. Um, that's really maybe not radical, just do something that's more necessary, I would say. Um, and so how how is Safer Schools looking internally on what you all can do that is maybe more necessary knowing the pushback and the runaround that council, school board, the mayor, all of the decision makers, that can make the things possible that's actually needed for our kids, for our students here in um, in metro, uh, natural public schools.
1: Well, and we mentioned that budgetary. I was in. Uh, I just, I think I just got off work. Um, I was just kind of like I also had a baseball game or something on. I don't like baseball, but it's something you put on. You get home from work, you put baseball <laughs> on, and it's just like there's something on the TV, like baseball, and I was doing really not much. And I get a text <laughs> about you know the budgetary because they had to change it. Used to be the budget debate, and now we're in 2021, so they've now made the. The budget uh, discussion—I think okay. is the new phrasing <laughs> for it—but um, that was happening. I get we everyone's hitting up with text. Her uh, co-star we, uh, was one of the uh, our members of our group. Matthew Tolbert, all these people are hitting up for text, and I'm just like seeing, "Like, what's like, what's the issue?" And the fact that we're at a point now where someone, on as performative as it may be, because it was quite performative, uh, it will introduce a bill to say we want to reallocate funds from SROs and from the police out of schools. That is. A momentous step from where we were a year and a half ago. So that momentum is there, and it's now about building off of that. And this is, um, and I, I wouldn't say it's an organizational opinion, my personal opinion, that involves, in high degree, I think, a cultural shift in Nashville. Um, there's a weird, I think, hope with how Nashville's changed and who's moving here, and that there's this, like, almost like Liberal, you know, (laughs) carpetbaggers coming down, you know, ready to kind of make us this new kind of progressive city. Mm -hmm. They, their kids go to private school. Their kids go to their kids go to whatever school they want to go to, where they can pay for. They're not involved in this. And the fact that our schools are based on property taxes has not improved our schools because they live where they want to live and their kids go to schools they want them to go to. So that weird, I've heard that fantasy. About us becoming this it city and that's going to improve everything. That fantasy is not right. going to happen. Right. Um, so I that's think always a
0: question, right? Yeah. Like, who is it city? Like, who's it, yeah. it for? Right? Yep,
1: exactly. Right. And so that's not going to happen. So for us, it's kinding off that momentum. Working towards now that COVID's over, the idea of being able to like public uh, action, being able to do uh, kind of public events, being around with people more and more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the biggest thing about that cultural shift is like, do, demonstrating to people. I've talked to parents, which is something we don't get, I think, enough of in um, this organization to do. But I've had conversations with parents, conversations with people in my neighborhood have come up to me. Um, and, you know, we had a cookout for uh, right before the Fourth of July. My neighborhood people came up being talked to them about like, oh, you're in Saber Schools. I heard right. about this. About whole, Their whole thing is like, oh, I didn't even know what the school to prison pipeline was. Mm. Wow. I didn't even know mm. the detrimental you know, effects of policing schools. I didn't even right. know um, that, oh my God, like my right. stat I always throw out right. at you at meetings is you know, 97% of the people who deal with police referrals in schools are special needs. Right. You know, Things like that where we don't even know the detriment of, that's right. being done in this system. Right. So that raising that awareness among adults, our students know and they talk about it with us all the time, um, so raising that awareness I think in parents and making this an issue of Not, oh my God, they're defunding the police, but no, what are we gonna do best for our students? Because if we wanna do what's best for our students, it's this, and And everything points towards that. And and,
0: and that's why I wanted to bring you all in here to debunk some myths, because a lot of people, and maybe I would say, when I say people, parents per se, Mm. would have the perception that police actually keep students safe. But what does Safer School say about that?
2: Yeah, I mean, Marcus Is there data
0: to back that up, or?
2: I mean, it depends on what, how I think we start when we're talking to students, is like, can you define safety? Mm-hmm. And like, what does safety mean? And if right. safety means not having an active shooter, well, we have studies that show that in 197 instances of gun violence in schools since 1997, police officers have intervened three times.
1: Wow.
2: And if we know that's anything... Not that's, <laughs> that's not a lot. That's not a lot. That's a lot. Since
1: 1997. Yeah. I was, that's I was a human, I was a humanities major, I can't give you the percentage, but it's low. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow.
2: So, if that's something that we're interested in preventing, we know that you can prevent that by having non-punitive risk assessment, having trainings for teachers to be able to identify students who are in crisis, and then back to like having people that can actually support them in crisis.
0: Right. How? So it seems like it's, it's a lot of stakeholders in this, mm. right? And there's, there's, I think, the most important stakeholders are the students, right? Which yeah. No, people tend not to listen to because they're students um, and then you have I think the parents mm. and I'm interested in understanding what are you all hearing from parents uh, are they aware uh, of what's going on uh, do they care um, and kind of what's your research and what's your findings with the conversations you've had told you about the parents perspectives on all of this policing, uh, getting getting um, uh, SEL, uh, resources in, schools, uh, or what do they feel that their kids need to, to be better?
1: I think at a, at a, a standard kind of feeling that I've gotten, um, and this is not even just conversation with parents involving us, but just conversation with anyone I know who are parents in general, as someone who's uh, lived my entire life here, is there's a very lukewarm middle feeling of I either don't know that they're doing anything bad, so they're just normalized they're just something that's in schools that I'm used to, yeah. or the my student, you know, could potentially be put in danger um, because of what's happening in this country it was like, you know, mass shooting, things like that, so that he has to be there. Um, and I think the biggest most powerful anecdote or I guess, I guess response we've had to that is just the disparity when it comes to not only just race but ability. So what um, what, so what is that
0: disparity?
1: So, you're doing the fact where I think I don't know the specific number, I don't remember the specific of how many um, African American black students make up the population of NPS. 40%. They 40%. They make up around, I think, upwards of 60 to 70% of um, referrals to police officers. Um, I, I, oh, so wow. it, I think when, it's how 77. How it's, 70. 70. it's 40 to yeah. 77. 70, so, so it's 40 77. What's
0: going on, everybody? This is your host and creator of Deep Dish Conversations, Jerome Moore. And I know you're enjoying this episode that you're watching currently. Make sure you hit that notification button and hit subscribe so you won't miss any of these amazing episodes. I appreciate y'all. Thank you for all the support and continue watching the episode. I'll hop- and
1: I think the issue that I think pisses me off is I think there's a lack. Of respect of the general kind of capacity and ability of students to be human. Mm. I think there's a demonizing aspect of this is something I am mm-hmm. older than, this is something I know more than, and this mm-hmm. is something I have to deal with at a level of almost like, you know, wrangling animals more than dealing with actual people. Right. And I think once you kind of understand the aspect of this is not something that you manage, but something that fuels and, and you know, is upset for a specific reason and yeah. has to deal with things either at home or around, mm-hmm. or even even the high school who works, who has to take care of siblings, who has just as much of these stressors and kind of vigor and maybe a bit, a bit less of a level as we do as adults, but almost approaching that level. Once I think you understand that, you have to kind of create programs that aren't to mitigate the annoyance of that situation you're put in as a principal or a teacher, yeah. or any, I guess even still, it's because they're in schools, SROs or someone like that but the idea of I have to mitigate a situation of a human being who's Mm -hmm. in crisis or in trouble. Mm -hmm. I think that's the issue we run into, is programs like that exist and there are a multitude. It's not just like we're saying or advocating for one, there's a multitude to choose from and they're all better than a policeman who has quite literally jurisdiction over an entire school with no no boss above them. I don't think people understand that. It's something I've actually been waiting to bring up that I I want to bring up and make readily clear. MNPS has a memorandum of understanding with Metro Police. Mm -hmm. And that's about it. Yeah. So funding for, um, for SRs in schools is controlled by MNPD. Hmm. The jurisdiction within schools of officers is controlled by MNPD. The pretty much idea of the comings and goings of officers, what they're going to do in those schools, is controlled by MNPD. Yeah. So we've, we've talked to principals who've talked yeah. about, I've had students who've been fighting, or have something that's gone on, or they've had it sent to my office to be dealt with, and I've said, this is yada yada, who has this trouble in his life, we know about. We know about this struggle. Right. I'm his principal, this is his teacher, we both know this, we know this, we're, we're way more well-versed than you. And the rest are always been like, I don't care, we're arresting him, he's going to jail. Mm-hmm. And that's something they have the discretion for to do. Mm-hmm. And so my whole thing is, if we're okay with that, there's a deeply, deeply-seated okay. issue yeah, in this we, district and in this we, and, city.
0: And we, you know, Dr. Battle, you're more than welcome to come on deep these conversations. <laughs> I did send you an email <laughs> just to put it out there because I think these are, these are questions we need answers to. Mm-hmm. And and if we know there are alternative solutions Mm -hmm. to police officers in school, um, why not implement them? Mm -hmm. It just doesn't, it just doesn't. And and when you don't have to it's just a a MOU. Mm -hmm. It is not like, it's not a statute, it's not a policy. (laughs) Like both parties at any time can say, ah, we don't wanna, this is not working out for us. Uh, But it's a, I think a funding thing, right? Money's involved in that, for MNPD anyway. Right, but like well, MNPS could say, ah, oh, we don't think this is healthy for our students, and so you know, let's let's you know, let's 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 disband this SRO thing and and, and get a, a different uh, professional that can mm-hmm. actually
1: help our kids. Mm-hmm. Right, well, I'll have to you know, I'll have to call our legal team on this. Um, we don't have a legal team, but like, <laughs> I like saying that. But my understanding, is even these states, you know, I we try to avoid the state as much as possible because it's Tennessee there's some nut, yeah, there's, Tennessee. I, I hate to say it but they're nut yeah, jobs yeah. Um, so we try to avoid the state legislator as much as possible but my understanding is the state statute for school safety does not Specify specifically being, I think, police yeah, having to be in schools. There is the idea of disciplinary and safety being related to police officers having some like regulatory kind of mm-hmm. position within there. But it's not specified what that funding is for safety wise. Right. So that means if, and I always try to explain this to people when we talk about cops, we don't, you know, we don't hate cops. We don't think they're all evil devil right. people who are going to ruin all our lives. They're problematic, and they're a system and institution that we refuse to reform and because of that incredibly incredibly deals with incredibly bad issues within that and my whole thing is our sro i had the same sro from eighth grade that we had throughout all of high school i knew the guy for five years nice man amazing man i had a good relationship with him you know spend time and lunch with him because he was just walking around doing nothing all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 great guy but my biggest thing i tell people about that is because that's the main thing they bring up is like well, what was your relationship with your sro me having a friend with the guy with the gun in my school was <laughs> about the most he did for my school. right? And that, to me, when I have the specific situation of where we had to have time slot meetings okay. as one we I consider one of the better public high schools right. in the region, time slot meetings, guidance counselors, where I got 10 minutes to talk about, hey, I need to go to college, mm. where am I going to go? Mm. That is, to me, the funny mm. aspect of all of this. Um, so and he's
2: getting paid like yeah, twice as much as He's getting paid time.
1: more than her. So, <laughs> so that, to yeah. me, it's logical and it makes sense. And I, I just think, at this point, it's demonstrating that kind of logical position to people because it's not something I think can be really strongly argued against. Yeah. Beyond, at this point, I think it's recruitment. Right. <laughs> I mean, there's the the active I think um, delineation for what they're doing or kind of changing about officers now is yeah. one. MMPD wants SROs as a future plan under Chief Drake become more of not just safety but a you know mentorship, just not disciplinary but mentorship and counseling role, which, because they're trained in that, obviously, which,
0: I don't understand. 40 hours, 50 hours, I don't don't understand
1: (laughs) how that was even, how that wasn't lapped out of the room and it was proposed. Also, implementing more of, of a police presence in elementary schools in a mentorship role, having yeah. programs um, that kind of are dealing with students at a level where, like, we're gonna run like field days, we're yeah. gonna have camps, things like that. I mean, I don't know if you saw this. this is my, <laughs> I laugh at this because like, this is the most dystopian thing I've seen in a while. Uh, the MNPD in New York, uh, NYPD, sorry, N- NYPD in New York uh, has a, a roaming video game. Uh, car now, It's like a giant bus right. for students and kids to come play video games, NYPD. And this is about two years after they were accused of stealing DNA off Coke cans they were having it. Wow, public events for students. And,
0: and, and, that's and it's just like,
1: things like that where it's and, and, like, like how okay, how come you, on. Yeah,
0: like it's, it's like, <laughs> you have to automatically assume it's like an alternative mode. Hmm. Like, mentoring. Oh, and, yeah. And my thing is, this has always been my thing with like, NYPD is like, where where are the, the the stats or the facts that that prove that your presence is beneficial
2: I think <laughs> yeah i think that's the most frustrating like, thing is that they don't have to prove it like right, we are we're over right. here doing all this calculus to right. try and be like 97 percent of our students that are getting arrested have a disability why can you not right but they don't they don't have to prove that right. their presence it's right. it's all like just, emotional right. that's like what
1: no, we, we feel that you that's know means, we want to be okay. oh yeah they,
2: okay. that's they, crazy. they feel we've safe. had
1: meetings with uh, meetings I think you might have been in um, with the police department, where they said they they will be better at this job than we will. That was admitted um, in meetings with the police department. And just
0: this, this is a disclaimer for people that are listening, we do have, uh, I can I, maybe a couple episodes from now, uh, Captain Carlos Laura will be joining mm-hmm. us.
1: Mm-hmm. Captain Laura, I remember yeah. him.
0: Yeah, and so he will be joining us, and you get to hear. I mean PD's perspective mm-hmm. on this, mm-hmm. um, which should be interesting, mm-hmm. but you can compare the two. And you know, it's deep this conversation, so we're gonna get deep, and we're gonna ask the hard questions, and give everybody an opportunity to express themselves, mm-hmm. and leave it up for the public to depend, like, and do the research, yeah. and be aware of both sides, right? Mm-hmm. Which I think, which I think is important, <laughs> very important, because I think people are just not aware, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and. What I'm really interested in is how can safer school get more kids organized? Because I think the most amazing mm. thing would be kids just stop going to school. You mean, pizza. Yeah, and Marcus is getting more pizza. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's,
1: it's that, time, it's again. It's that, that time, time, time again, again. right?
0: <laughs> um, how can we how can we organize the students in our schools to just say, okay, like this is what we want you all are not giving it to us, we don't feel safe in this environment, mm-hmm. so therefore, yeah, hey, we're just not going to class, right? I think that will be powerful. Uh, I think that'll dramatize the issue, but also I think people will really start listening, and parents mm-hmm. included, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you can show up, drop me off, do whatever, but nah, nah, I don't think I'm going inside today, mm-hmm. right? Um, have y'all thought about that? How do you all feel about that? Uh, and if that's something that you all are thinking or want to
1: do, how can we make that happen? Yeah, that's been the hardest part about kind of the timing of when we kind of um, began um, and, um, as a group, right. an organization. Is that public level of public action was almost impossible during COVID. Right. Um, and it wasn't even a thing where it was But like, we back outside yeah, 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 now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We back outside. So on- that's the thing is we now have the ability <laughs> right. to kind of change that. Um, right. So it wasn't even a thing where I think it was. The momentum was lacking, or it wasn't right. the idea that like, students can be organized like that. It's, it's like, nice. I'm not going to ask a kid who's right. sitting it. in his room all day listening to his teacher while taking care of his sister and has a right. job to be like, hey, man, can you? Right, can you right. Put, yeah, yeah. like circumstances. <laughs> can you, can you, yeah, yeah. Can you, yeah so now they're sure. out of that. I think it's the idea is one, getting a level where, um, so there's two students now who have officially become honorary. I think it's, they work as honorary members of uh, Metro Council. They're honorary. School board. School members, sorry, honorary school board members who have a non-voting kind of say in um, kind of a student opinion when it comes to the school board. I mean, that's something that came out, I think, public pressure related, not just to us, but other organizations. I think it's a new position as of this year. That's something completely new. So the idea is, one, I think getting a kind of relationship with them and figuring out, all right, like what is the capacity of influence you have within a specific role? But beyond that, I think the idea of we're going back outside. Having public events, having kind of face to face conversations, having the ability to have, I think, a conversation with students in a public forum where we can kind of work with them saying, hey, like, this is what we're about, this is what we're trying to advocate for you. One, this is what you want, and two, this is what you want here the ways we know. Um, I think most of us, I would say, are kind of literate. We're not, we're not an amazing, fantastic, superhero <laughs> organizer like you, Jerome, but we're pretty literate in what it takes to have public action campaigns. Right. So the idea is, here's your options as students to do right. certain things to mm-hmm. kind of get your voices heard and right. get that out there. Right. If that's what you're up to do, we are here to be a resource to help you do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's just the thing that has kind of been our momentum going into the next um, couple of months. Um, now that we can be outside again, because um, we're working right now on a report to be kind of, uh, we'll keep little details on that. We'll keep that. You know, that's. We'll be surprised when it comes out, but a, a okay. report to kind of encapsulate, I think, what all these issues are, and kind of make them public, and then kind of, I think, creating a movement of students yeah. around that. Okay. It ultimately, could be, I think, the straw that breaks the camel's back. Yeah. And I, I mean, like I, like I said, is I think the idea of having a report that we can kind of hopefully drop in the coming months, and also kind of enca- create a movement of students around that. Um. Mm-hmm. is the goal of right. me being optimistic i'm the cynical of the group so like, this is a rare thing enjoy it Jerome. Um, but i think just beyond that is we have to i think reckon with the fact that this is something that's going to have to be dealt with mm. um, because natural is changing at such a rate right. um, and we're dealing with kind of i think these walls being put up in these kind of gaps and disparities being so exacerbated mm. throughout yeah. the city as we kind of have this huge influx population, huge kind of economical change based on our changing kind of economy basically. We're, like, we're a tourist you know, uh, economy now, which kind of blows my mind and things like that right. where people are going to get so left behind, we're not going to, one, get anything changed or we're going right. to have to deal with the cynicism that exists with I've been left behind and the kind of insidious things that become. Couple with that and i think right. that's what worries me about things like this is that if we don't deal with them soon right they're going to become something where there are issues that will not only not be dealt with but they'll be dealt with too late
2: and i think that's something that like when we first started this realizing like this has been an issue f- since before we were alive right and this has been something that like like the way that we discipline our students in nashville is is like above and beyond any other place right. and the way that we arrest our students in schools and the way that we go about discipline is something that has been an issue for years and years and years and nothing has happened and right. I think that drove a lot of our work like why is there a report from 2003 that says the same exact things that we're talking about right. like why has it been my entire life and nothing has changed. Right. And what is that, like, where do we go from here? How do we build people power? Because these politicians are sending us in circles. How do we connect with parents? How do we get administrators on board? Because alternative programs don't work if the principal is not on board. And that's what we've seen at some of these high schools that have restorative justice, but not everybody's on board. So it's sort of this, it's become a little bit of a joke. And it's just like, this is something, like, why can't we do something about this? Let's do something about this.
0: And I, I kinda that brings us to like the question of like who who are y'all allies? And who are the adversaries?
1: Well this is another one of my politician answers. Um we, <laughs> no, we don't want we, those we, markets. We want the yeah, real no. uncut well, no, we, raw. Our, it's deep we deepest
0: conversations, we, man. We try
1: not to be adversarial um, with I'll, I'll actually rephrase that. We've the, we tried not to be adversarial with anyone in particular when it comes to Yeah, we, we adversarial. Just you
0: know, Just call but, it what it is.
1: But the issue <laughs> that's, well, I'm saying this, the issue that we run into is it becomes incredibly hard and frustrating to be as good-willed about what we're trying to do right. when we're dealing with a situation that we've been blatantly lied to. By right. public officials. Oh, well, okay. We've been blat- we've been blatantly, as you said, run around by public officials. Right. We've had, I think, the disrespect of this is a non-issue for me, despite being someone a oh. constituent within the exact kind of right. Area who are is some of the public officials? I mean, that you. I mean, we're slightly involved, but there's. I mean, the police department at one point was <laughs> ready to say, "Hey, we'll get rid of." Don't throw
0: seat. me in this <laughs> market. <'cause I> <laughs> <dry laughs> I'm not I'll
1: a constable. <laughs> but I mean, the police department at one point was ready. Uh, had said ready. We're like, yeah, we're ready to, in the near future approach moving SROs, so we need those uh-huh. officers back in the streets. Uh-huh. We we would like to have people who are in the best positions to yeah. uh, deal with our students, put that, in the schools. That, that is accurate. And then, yeah. and then they have a meeting with the mayor and the school board. They been like, oh yeah, so we're gonna have more cops in, in schools. We're having an increase, and we're gonna have them have a larger role in student with students um, after something, if saying the complete opposite. So right. there's a position in my life where I, for the first time, lied to my face by a public well, official. That's not how people be report
2: And talk about, like...
1: Get used to yeah, no, no, it. Yeah, I don't know where that is. It happened once, was sobering. Now I expect it every, every turn. So naive. <laughs>
2: and talk about, like, people making decisions for other people without consulting them. I mean, we have a survey from 2018 where we have, I think it's 22% of people, this survey by the metro national government, that 22% of people are satisfied with SROs. And something like... Eight percent in North Nashville through 7208 are satisfied with SROs. Like we have, they've asked right. the general public. Like they, they're doing these things against
0: well, people's will. You know. well. that, that tends to happen. They ask just to say they ask yeah. and kind of do what they want to do anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just to see, I, I, and I think that goes back to like well, I think what Marcus had mentioned earlier as far as like the disrespect of like how non-serious that they're taking mm. people's like, oh, like right. statements and opinions in lives, mm. right? Mm. Um, you ask a question and you act like you're listening, but mm-hmm. your actions say something otherwise. Mm-hmm. And so...
1: And I think after CNN did, I can't remember the name of the program, but they did obviously an uh, expose on 372. Oh, yeah, 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 having yeah. the highest incarceration right. in the country. That's zip code. And that should be a national embarrassment for everyone in right. the mm. local government in the city. Right. Mm. And the way I think that pisses me off is the way it just kind of became a, yeah, that's terrible. And then we move on into that same budgetary cycle where we still haven't had needs. So you talk about allies. We do a lot of work with uh, Gideon's RV, Nashville People's Budget. Uh, National People's Budget Coalition, Workers' Dignity, um, a lot of public organizations who advocate for, you know, not only just things beyond schooling, but, But, you know, workers' rights, Mm -hmm. um, uh, affordable housing, um, dealing with um, disparities in crime and policing in the city, things like that that are are incredibly kind of uh, in tune and associated with education in its own specific ways. Mm -hmm. I think all these things, I think what people realize are connected. um, Mm -hmm. And the idea of dealing with them uh, is important right. I think, as a wholesale issue because if we fix affordable housing, we to a degree fix dealing with displacement issues in school, to right. a degree. Right. Mm. That mm. instability mm. is incredibly related yeah. to interconnected. Yeah, for sure. So, and the idea is we deal with you know, over policing the community, we can right. then have an easier you know discussion about over policing in schools right. because they are all very much in tune and connected. So we work with these organizations um, a lot, and I think what's been so I think as I keep using this word, but it's true, frustrating. Is like I said, is that kind of the ability as public figures to kind of just have it shit roll right off your back, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the it's idea amazing, is, yeah, it's, like, it's, it's, it's amazing it's, it's, it's how a, it's they can do that. It's almost a skill, like, it's almost a skill. It, it like is yes. definitely a skill, oh, like how,
0: how they can politicians can sit up there mm-hmm. to your face, mm-hmm. tell you a lie, mm-hmm. like as if, like, they, with a smile, oh, poking oh. a smile, oh. and yeah. then like do the complete like opposite. Yeah. Like, it's, it's it, it is definitely a skill. And it takes an amazing person <laughs> to be able to, <laughs> to be able to do that and like continue their daily life as if like like they're not yeah. harming people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how can people support safer schools?
2: I mean, so we're not incorporated, so we can't take your money.
0: And not, I will
1: take you home <laughs> nah. We will be soon. Hopefully. But we will right. be soon. T- but how, how can somebody,
0: coming? like, even that, like, that's like, you know, but it that's be. just it one be, way. Yeah, yeah, it's just one way. Like, and, and it might be somebody that may want to help you all with that process. Yeah. So that's like becoming a nonprofit, I you
1: know. We're sailing on the way, so that's okay. something that I hope will happen in okay. the next month or so. I
2: think, I mean, hit us up on our Instagram. It's just Safer Schools Nashville. If you're interested in getting involved, if you're a young person, if you're a parent, if you're a teacher. Right. Um, yeah, just DM us. Yeah, the okay. biggest
1: thing for us is we and I'm. I think people shy away from this when it comes to like public organizations because they're like, oh, who knows what happens as soon as we start letting anybody in. But we kind of want as many voices as possible within our heads when we're making decisions. Right. I mean, there's about what seven, eight of us, and we, you know, I think are I'm happy to be around these incredibly confident, way more confident than I am <laughs> people all the time, and that has been made this process I think a lot easier for all of us because we just be have the ability to balance these ideas out each other we have a level of diversity based on our backgrounds that is helpful but right. we always want more um right. the idea is i think like you said follow sabre national on facebook sabre National national instagram on twitter follow us not just um you know, to have that follow account you don't know, right. care about that follow mm-hmm. us and dm us follow us right. and yeah. interact with our posts we'll actors, us yeah and contact us if right. you have things to say or opinions and i'm not saying if it's just a thing where it's right. you agree with us you de- disagree with us you have questions right. that ability to kind of yeah. have that Ask conversation questions. yeah yeah it's and so it's you can't be an organization that deems itself advocates for right. anyone, right. and then not have the conversation. That's exactly the issue we're talking about with the politicians that you were just right. You cannot have a position and role where you're saying I'm going to advocate for a group of people or a specific right. um, region of, 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 of Tennessee, so middle Tennessee, and not have the ability to have right. a conversation with people who are there. So, we're going, to, we're going to do the exact opposite of those people. We're going right. to have as much contact as possible with everyone and anyone. And
0: I would say, too, um, y'all definitely check out their website and, and their information because they have a lot of research. Mm. Um, they just like, they have, they have done the, the work, the boots on the ground, done the work. And if you question the research, they're very accessible. You got like, you got to deal with me. yeah yeah you got to deal with Marcus. <laughs> yeah, or Isabella the legal. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, Isabella's uh, probably scary Yeah, Isabella <laughs> For sure. Honestly, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Um, definitely. Um any any last words any any information um that you all want to leave with the folks that are watching um to kind of like just, you know, end this mean, out. Yeah. Emma?
2: Yeah, I think that something that I like to like reground myself in is how like serious this work is right. and how and I think sometimes like in those conversations with politicians um, we forget like how sacred these young people's lives are and we've seen in this year someone in like a young person in Knoxville lose their life right to having someone with a cop in a school and I don't think that I'm ready to wait for something like that to happen in MNPS. Mm. And just like bringing that home, that like this is life or death, and these are our babies. Like this is, this is our city, and this is something that we can't just like feel wishy-washy right. about. Let's
1: not be reactionary. Let's be proactive. Yeah. yeah. I think I always say this, people, as a way to I think reemphasize it for people who grew up here, who are native Nashvilleans, and for this influx of kind of newer people who don't say hi to me when I walk past them on the street. <laughs> um, but this is our city. I think right. There's a mm. disconnect, and I think, like she said. Um, our city. There's a disconnect, and I think a bit of a dissociation when it comes to the new and the old, and we can't have that to survive as a city, Um, and this is something where disagreements and different perspectives and different viewpoints and different opinions exist, but we have to do what's right, and I think right. at a base level. And it's me being optimistic again. It's crazy, Graham. You got two optimistic moments out of me in one, hey in man, one that, day. That's what like I do, this, man. I so bring the, I, <laughs>
0: that's the. when people come on here and they think they're gonna go one way. Yep. It <laughs> goes completely next. It's the pizza, man. I'm trying yeah, to tell you. I t- think it's, it's the, the pizza. It's I'm gonna the, the,
1: the pizza. But I think it's something where we have, I think we all know what's right. I think we all know what makes the most sense. I think we all know what we have to do. And it's, I think having that coalition, having the idea of saying, if we're all going to coexist, because that's my biggest thing about joining Saber Schools, my biggest thing was the disparities that exist based on just new to old. And that's something I came went to California for college. I visited not as much as my mom would have liked. I was really, (laughs) really came back. So I came back and I've been here about two months now and it's completely different place. And the idea Mm. of how That to some people is very cool. I get that, but that to me is, so who the hell are we leaving behind and what the hell are we gonna do for them? And so I think having that coalition of, I get that there's a a difference in who lives here now, but all of us have to understand that there's a right way to deal with our students, there's a right right way to deal with our city, and there's a right way to treat each other. And if we can approach that at a public level, at a private level, and at a neighborly systemic level, then our city's doomed no matter how big it gets. Right. And that's something I take as an existential mm-hmm. crisis. So that's my biggest thing. And hopefully something I guess we can get across um, with my neighbors who have started saying hello to me, so.
0: <laughs> well, I appreciate you both for coming on Deepest Conversations and giving us these facts. And I like, really point you out and like giving people the opportunity to really be informed about what's happening and what's not happening and what needs to happen. Uh, so it's an opportunity to for people to get involved, at least find out how they can get involved or what part they can play in this. And I always like to, you know, um, talk about solutions because we it's easy to identify the problems, right? But I like that you all identify some solutions to the problem mm-hmm. and some solutions how people can get involved to remedy the problem. So I appreciate Safer Schools Nashville for joining us. Hope you all enjoyed the pizza. Yes, uh, thank you all for <laughs> tuning in. And uh, I hope you all enjoyed it and learned something. I know I did. And I'm kind of, I'm involved and I, and I learned some <laughs> new stuff. So I know you, you learned something, even if you, you didn't think you, you caught some nuggets, but, uh, definitely check out Saber School's Nashville, Instagram, Facebook, website, all the information to be somewhere on the screen. Uh, and thank you all for tuning in. Um, and thank you both for being here. Like thanks it was amazing. Yeah. Us. Yeah. Nice meeting
1: you in person.
0: <laughs> nice <laughs> meeting you all in person. Yeah. But, uh, we out. Appreciate yeah. y'all, man. thanks thank yeah, you. So much. Yeah. That's a wrap.